Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. Hey, we've had an amazing day though. Um, and this morning was was really moving and really touching. And I'm very excited to be here tonight. And I think it's uh, very exciting to actually be here. And we, we're talking a lot about the house, heart for the house, right? So what's the house? Any ideas? Last week I was talking about what the house is. And... Um, I just wanted to start a little bit by saying what it's not because I think that it's really important for us to know what it's not because what it's not, this house is not a corporation, right? Corporations are normally run by CEOs who are generally men. I went there. (laughs) We love to, in this house, we love to see women empowered, and that's not just to, to empower women to be feminist, but we want to see everybody empowered in their giftings. And so if you're a man or if you're a woman, we love to see you get to express your giftings. So uh, this place is also not an orphanage where we're paid to look after you because you guys aren't orphans. That's right. Do you know that you're not an orphan? Now, I'm thankful, Jazz, that you mentioned that in your wee talk because uh, sometimes we can think that the world is uh, so big or so small that there's not enough room for our uniqueness. And I spoke last night about, uh, last Sunday, about the importance of our uniqueness and how you are all valuable, that you are all treasure, that there is gold in every single one of us in this room that needs to be called out. The unique place that you have in this world and in this house is really important and we value that. We really value you and we value your contribution because what you can do and who you are, you know, being uniquely you, uh, everybody else is taken. We need you to be uniquely you. So the other point that I want to make is this place, this house, we call it a home. It's a family. So in a family, you have a mum and a dad. And, and, and in this house, I'm kind of the mum. And Gideon's kind of the dad. He's kind of the dad. Of course, that doesn't um, supersede our heavenly father. But in a, in a family like this, you know, we all get to play. We all get to be like brothers and sisters. We all mean um, something to each other. We all cheer each other on. We all encourage one another. We all want the best for each other. When we talk about the house, it's not only the building we're talking about, because it's not this building as much as we're so happy to have this building. We've been in here for three years now. Man, that went so fast. For the first seven years of Harmony Church, we actually met in a little school out in, in, out in Oaklands. Does anybody know where Oaklands is? <laughs> and uh, every week we had to, our family had to set up and then we had to pack down. And uh, after the earthquakes, we only had one toilet, access to one toilet. So we were so glad to get here and get nice toilets. And in the beginning, we used to talk about the toilets a lot. I don't know why, but we did. 
<laughs> but it's, a, it's great to be in here. But when we talk about the house, it's not about the building, it's about the people and the identity of the mission. And it's not just the location, but who makes up the house. And it's about our identity and our mission. So our identity and mission is all of you, all of us together. As we learn to understand who we are in God and how he's wired us up, the gifts and uh, things that he's put on our life and how we to use them. So we want to value what God is doing here. And half of the house is where people who are not yet in a life-giving relationship with their creator, who are living isolated and seeking their purpose, can find a place to be their unique selves. They find a place to belong, to become established in community, and where their contribution matters and they are established in purpose. I've got some stories, kind of little snippets really, one-liners of uh, some people from this house. And these are our stories, which I want to share with you. I shared some this morning. I've got a couple of different other ones to what I shared this morning. And this is the kind of house that we want to be and that we are and that we have seen so far. So it's a place where people can hear the good news. Now, the good news is that Jesus came for us to stop the separation between us and God. It's a place where we can find the love of Jesus and be overwhelmed. And many of us this morning were completely overwhelmed with the love of Jesus and it was quite a moving time. It's a place where people who have walked in fear their whole lives are set free. It's a place where someone who is about to finish their life gets invited along to hear a message and their lives are completely turned around. Oh, that was a good story. A place where someone who is legally blind has been prayed for and now is able to see. And he's here. A place where someone who has suffered terrible back pain is prayed for and their legs, one leg grows out to be the same length as the other leg, the leg and so their back pain stops. We've seen that. Have you ever seen a leg grow out? It's incredible to watch. A place where things that were lost are found. A place where peoples whose marriages were completely a mess and had even separated and now testify that their relationship is better than it's ever been. A place where because of the love of Jesus invading their life, a woman is able to forgive her abuser and live a whole life. A place where a man is able to let go of the anger that he had for his father and see his relationship restored. A place where people trying for a baby and having had miscarriages is able to give birth to a healthy child after prayer, after many, many years. It's a place where the shame of family members' decisions, then taken on as their own, is lifted and they come into a place where they are full of joy and spread joy wherever they go. 
It's where people who have been rejected by their family, their peers and society can find a place of acceptance, a place of significance even. A place where disenfranchised are reached out to and given back their dignity. It's a place where people who have been housebound for five years because of allergies are now able to come back into a place of community, no longer in isolation. It's a place where the poor get to hear the good news in New Zealand and overseas, which we've seen tonight. A place where people who have been in serious financial debt have had their debts cancelled through extraordinary generosity of others. And a place where a woman with chemical poisoning, unable to be completely uh, and any, unable to be anywhere in public with perfumes or any other kind of chemicals, or uh, was completely healed after 10 years of isolation and is now able to be in public gatherings without a face mask. It's a place where scars, both physical and emotional, are healed and disappear completely. A place where a shy young boy becomes a strong leader. A place where a young girl is listened to and given opportunity and trusted when she had only been treated with contempt in the past. A place where people find what their purpose is. A place where people are trained and sent to tell the good news in other parts of the world. A place where people are encouraged to be of influence in their place of work or study. A place where businesses start to prosper and can be of great blessing to others. And a place where restoration of relationships happens as forgiveness is allowed to flow. A place where new ideas are birthed and innovation and dreams are rampant. And a place where people dare to be who God has made them to be. Oh, if we only fully understand how much Jesus loves us. So I just wanted to share with you some of the things that have been activated since the beginning of this year. So this is just in the last six months. If you can chuck them up on the screen, that'd be great. So at the beginning of the year in February, we celebrated our 10th anniversary. That's a miracle in itself. Some people called us the 32nd Hook and Dyke Wonder Church. Very unkindly in the beginning. And here we are. We're still here. We've had four people so far baptised this year, uh, but we've got baptism service planned for next week. We've had Alpha and Times Two already run this, this year. Uh, we've had the uh, amazing Alan take over our social media, so it looks awesome, <laughs> instead of kind of half-baked, like when I was doing it. <laughs> Uh, Janelle has run a course called Silence Breakers, which is a course which trains us to go out and to share our faith out on the streets. It's an amazing thing. Uh, we've had a Marketplace Kingdom Business Dinner, which is uh, for about 100 business people who came and, and learnt about what it is. <laughs> Thank you, Alan. <laughs> I love you, Alan. Thank <laughs> you. I only ever cry about once every three years, to be honest. <laughs> uh, and hosted a pastor's lunch. We've set up a pastoral care team. Uh, we've changed the kids' program and expanded groups, and we've got a whole new room developed. Uh, we've started monthly prayer and worship, uh, and we've established a prophetic mentoring group, which has been amazing, teaching people in the prophetic how to walk in that. Uh, we've had a number of people involved. We've all... Um, 
Marcus, Marcus, our wonderful Marcus, you know, he was, yeah. Uh, <laughs> for the first time, we've had uh, someone involved with the satellite band, which uh, Marcus was one of the leaders and wrote that uh, amazing song. Uh, satellite band is the, um, <clears throat> the band that leads worship at Easter camp, Southern Easter camp, which is awesome. And Jonathan did sound for it, which was amazing. Uh, we've started Manaki Tanga, which is mum to mum, which is a great uh, morning group for, for mothers of all ages, and they can bring their kids along and have a great old natter. We've had youth all-ins. We've started a youth band development, and uh, Jared's instigated a great kids' sign-in process, nailed it. We've had outreaches into town. It's been an amazing six months. That's just been the last six months. God is on the move. God is on the move, and it's very exciting to be part of what's happening here. You know, we've seen 66 salvations, I think it is, already this year. Well, that's fantastic. But how big is our city? How many people are there in our city? 66. Man, we're never going to get there at that rate. We need to see acceleration. We need to see expansion. We need to see growth. And we need to see empowering and equipping and training and uh, multiplication everywhere. And that's what this Heart for the House is about. Because the bottom line of Heart for the House is what we've been singing. And that's what's wrecked me. It's going to wreck me again. Because there's nothing greater to give our lives to then to, to the purposes that God has for our lives. Nothing can take that place. There is a depth of satisfaction that you're never going to get from, you know, everything that the world offers. There is a depth of joy. I, I tell you this morning, I, I was just, I, I, half of my tears were full of joy because I was just so deeply touched and moved to see so many people come down the front and pledge to partner with what's happening here. And I know what that means because when people are giving, it means that their wallet is no longer a stronghold in their life, but that God, God is going to be their portion and when we partner with the things that are on God's heart, there's huge blessing. There is huge blessing. So when I finish what the heart for the house is for me, it's that every eye will see and every heart will know. There is no name above the name of Jesus. Amen. Wow, that's so good. Cry, baby. <laughs> Anybody else crying? Okay, you're allowed to. I cry all the time. There's so many people crying. This morning I was at the end of the service, I was talking to some people in the foyer, and they said we couldn't even get through the last song. It was like the last song was to praise the name, was the last song this morning. And people, it's, it's, it's powerful. 
powerful presence of the Lord. Now, there's a song that was written a long time ago. Most of you were not alive in those days, but I was. And it's by, by Steve Green, and it's called The Mission. And I want to just, they have the lyrics. I won't sing it to you. Um, but there's a, um, the, the, I want to see the lyrics, guys, because this is basically what we're on about. When we talk about heart for the house, this is the call. This is, this is why we do things here in this place, right? Here we go. There's a call going out across the land in every nation. A call to those who swear allegiance to the cross of Christ. A call to true humility, to live our life responsibly, to deepen our devotion to the cross at any price. Let us then be sober, moving only in the spirit as aliens and strangers in a hostile foreign land. The message we're proclaiming is repentance and forgiveness, the offer of salvation to the dying race of men. And there we go. To love the Lord our God is the heartbeat of our mission. Let's say it together. To love the Lord our God is the heartbeat of our mission. The spring from which all our service overflows across the street or around the world. The mission is still the same. Proclaim and live the truth in Jesus' name. And the second verse, look at this. As the candle is consumed by the passion of the flame. Isn't it amazing? As the candle is consumed by the passion of the flame, spilling light unsparingly through a darkened room, let us burn to know him deeper. Then our service, flaming bright, will radiate his passions and blaze with holy light. Isn't it amazing? Well, an amazing song, right? You can look it up if you want to. It's uh, Steve Green. He was this absolutely amazing singer. When you listen to it, it sounds a bit old, that song. But I, absolutely, I was singing it the whole week. I just love that song. It's just absolutely amazing. But Heart for the House is all about loving God. It's all about loving the house of God. It's all about loving people. That's all what Heart for the House is all about. Jesus said something here in Matthew 6, 21. This is what he said. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart is will be also. And I love this in the Passion Translation. Look at this. For your heart will always pursue what, your, what you value as your treasure. Your heart will always pursue, will always go after the things that are important to you. So the question that I have for you, what is important to you? What do you value? What is your treasure? What is your treasure? Because your heart will follow your treasure, what you value. You can also say it the other way around. What you can also say is where your heart is, what, you've, what you uh, uh, value, there your treasure will follow. There your finance will follow. There your heart will follow. And so I can tell, I can tell what is important to you by the way you spend your money. If I had a look at your accounts, if your, your, your checkbook, your credit card, I would know. Anybody would know. What you love, if you love nice cars, there's going to be a lot of money into cars. Or if you love houses or if you like McDonald's or if you like whatever you like. You like McDonald's? She's like excited about McDonald's. I'm not very excited about McDonald's, but you can be excited about McDonald's, you know. But I know what your passion is because I can look at your credit card, at your money, where you spend your money. I can tell you where your heart is because what the focus is on in and on your life. What are you talking about the whole time? What is on your lips the whole time? What comes out of your mouth? I know what is important to you because it comes out of your mouth. It's very, very important. For me, for me, it's Jesus. And not because I'm just a pastor here, because I love Jesus. I've loved Jesus all my life since I was 10 years old. 
And I've always wanted to serve Jesus in, in whatever fashion, whether as a pastor, a leader, or whatever I used to do. I love Jesus. I love to spread the gospel. I like the people to know about the life that we can have in Jesus Christ. My whole life is for that. I lay my life down for this. Catherine and I lay a life down for this church the last 10 years, and we've done it for other churches in the past and other things and other ministries and other stuff. I left, I've left Holland. You know, I had a great life in Holland. Good prospect of money and all kinds of different amazing things in my life. A great conference center, 600 beds. We were doing pretty good. But God called me to New Zealand because there was a passion. He says, go to New Zealand. They're at the bottom of the, se- of, the, of the ocean there somewhere. My wife was from there. I met her, of course. I saw her. She took me here, and I stayed here. I was only coming for one year, but I'm still here 31 years later. You know? But the thing is, though, when we went back, and we could go back, God told me to go back. He says, go back to the islands of the sea. I hear from the, from the ends of the earth, I hear singing glory to the righteous one. Uh, and he told me to lift up the name of Jesus in this nation. For 10 years, Catherine and I, is before your time, you probably some of you were not even born, uh, we had something called March for Jesus. Anybody been at the March for Jesus? See, it's about three, you know? The thing is, though, we had the March for Jesus. That means like we had like 10,000 people here on the streets with placards. We love Jesus. We love this city. We're praying for the city. In Auckland, we have 30,000 people. We had 100 marches throughout the whole nation, worshiping God, 100 churches together, you know, in Christ Church, just worshiping God in unity. We love this stuff. And Catherine and I, for, for decades now, we've been in ministry, often without any money, not being paid, having to do other stuff. I worked for the Department of Health for many years and a, and a, and a um, what do you call this thing? Linwood Travel, a travel agent, you know? All kinds of stuff. But I love Jesus. My passion is Jesus. I don't know what your passion is. And so often when you hear me talking and when you hear the music or where I spend my money, it'll be about Jesus. Like I said this morning, I'm taking my kids to Hillsong in two weeks' time. And Anhang. <laughs> Aanhang is Dutch, but uh, Aanhang means and the rest, the boyfriends and the girlfriends, you know? And we're paying for most of it. We're paying for most of it, you know? There's like eight people going. You know how expensive that is? It's a lot of money. Why do I do this? Just because I like to go to Hillsong? Yes, I do like to go to Hillsong. What I do is because I want to go with my family to go to the best, the most beautiful worship people in the world, the most wonderful leaders in the world, because I want to hang out with the giants of faith in this world, people who change nations like Brian Houston. Hillsong is doing amazing. Whatever you think of Hillsong, they're doing an amazing job. It's one of the biggest churches in the world. It's amazing. They're reaching so many people. I want to hang out with those guys because I can be bigger. I'm not satisfied with just 100 people tonight and two or 300 people in the morning. I want to have 5,000 people in our church. Yeah. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of people in this city who don't know Jesus Christ. And there's no other hope than you and me. Jesus got nobody else. We are Jesus with skin on. He says, you go. Matthew 28, before he went back to the Father, he says, you go and make disciples of all nations. Nobody's going to do it. You can't tell your neighbor, you do it. No, you do it. <laughs> tell your neighbor, you do it. <laughs> and then tell him back, you do it. There's no excuse. We all get involved in this stuff. And that's why our slogan in our church is called Passion for God, Compassion for People. To love God and to love people. This is our heart. Our heart is loving God. Our heart is loving people. Our heart is reaching people. Our heart is, is, is helping to bring Christians into the fullness of who they are, into identity, sonship. We say if often in this house, we, we, we basically love to get people from, from sinner, just in the world living, don't know about Christ at all, into sainthood. From sinner 
all the way to saint. And we love everything in the middle of it to help people find Christ in their lives. Do you have this passion? Maybe you're not a Christian here tonight. I want to recommend it to you. I want to recommend it. I am not on drugs at the moment. You may think I am on drugs. I am not on drugs. What I do have, I have the God who owns and rules this universe living inside of me. And that's why there's a lot of power in me. And anybody who's a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. It's very, very powerful because he's very awesome. Not only is he awesome, he's also loving and kind and sweet and joyful and peaceful and everything. So the whole package comes at the same deal. Do I have to do an altar call right now? Loving God. Everything we do in this house is loving God. And that's why it's not hard for us to give financially. I make no excuses about finance. Finance is part of our lives. It's what makes the world go around. It's just the way it is. You get paid by your job and you get your groceries and you do your stuff, you know. We need money. It's just the way it is. So I'm not afraid of talking about money. Sometimes, oh, church again, they all want money. No, it is not about this. Yeah, sometimes there's been some bad stuff and bad press and all this kind of stuff. But let's not listen to that kind of stuff. Let's just be honest. Jesus talked more about money in the Bible than anything else except the kingdom of God. It's important, isn't it? Come on, if you look at your heart, it's important to you. And you would, have, you would like to have a lot more of it. To anybody who doesn't want to have more money. It's serious, right? It's just the way it is. Money goes, so come on, you know, can talk about stuff, you know? A day like this, every year we have a day like this, that we have a heart for the house, that, that we share about who we are as a community, that we love God and that we love you guys and we love to reach out. So we want you guys to find somebody. I mean, bring somebody next week, you know, bring somebody next couple of weeks. Let's, I mean, we've got 100 people here now, 110 people or whatever. You know, it could be in a few months' time, it could be 200 people. There's nothing stopping us. You know who's the only one stopping us? You. Me. Serious. <laughs> Let's make room for revival. Let's make room for people who don't yet know Christ. Let's open our hearts. Let's open our hearts. Jesus always talked in the Bible, always talked about giving out. He was never stingy. He was always generous. He always made more than we need because that's his heart. Because he loves it when we are blessed to bless be overflowing to be a blessing. How can we bless other people if we are not blessed? It is not bad not to be blessed. I don't know what Bible you're reading. It's good to be blessed. Amen? Not to be selfish, but to be a blessing to other people. Already Abraham in the beginning in Genesis, the beginning of the Bible, God already talked to Abraham. I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. That's our calling, to be a blessing in every way, not just financially, in every way. Amen? Yeah, let's make room for, you know, I love this. You know, I I met with some people here earlier this week uh, who are new to our church. And uh, they talked to me about, uh, Catherine and I, about, about, um, our church, and, and we said, uh, what do you think about our church? And I said, this is amazing. I said, what well, is amazing? Because when you're in this church for so long, sometimes, you know, you just don't know how special, I mean, I know it's special, but how special, you don't, you forget, because you're in it all the time. You don't see everything. And so when somebody comes from the outside, suddenly it's like, wow. And they started talking about this amazing place, and I thought, is this the same church? Is this the same church? This is our church. And they talked about how free it is here. They love the freedom. 
Not every church is free. We have, they couldn't believe that we have, particularly in the morning, but also at night, we have uh, words from God. Like we, we ask people, say, hey, if God's speaking to you, there's an opportunity here for you guys to, to say something. What are you hearing from God? It's like prophetic ministry type thing, right? And we do this, you know, open up. You know, it's not planned. Free mic, open mic. People can't believe this, you know? So it's like, it's amazing. There's the, the love in this house. We just, we just feel the Holy Spirit. It's like this, this, this so powerful in this place. The love, the people, acceptance feels like home. Isn't it amazing? That's what we are creating. Guys, we can create a beautiful church. Catherine and I are not the ones who are creating this church. Yes, we are helping to set the culture. It's part of our job. But the thing is that we together do this. We set the culture. The youth are setting a culture. Jared and all these guys are doing here. Madeline, you guys are setting a culture. The youth and young adults, you guys are setting a culture. And we all together are setting a culture where people come in to find Christ. They find love, to find acceptance. That's what we're all about. Wherever you are in your job, when they look at you, they should say, I like this guy. Of course they like you because Jesus lives inside of you. How can he not like you? He's the most wonderful, yummy person in the world. <laughs> liquid chocolate. <laughs> I thought like liquid chocolate. <laughs> My wife says, what? That's why it's so amazing that we can be sowing into this place. Because as we sow into this place, we can enlarge our base. You know, and something happens there. It's amazing. You know, faithful stewarding is so important, you know. In, um, there we go, much time. Who was that? You know, God wants us to be faithful. Luke 16, Jesus talks about a powerful parable about stewardship. I'll tell you the parable one day and teach about it. But it was all about money. He's talking about money. This is what he said about the one line. He says, if you have not handled the riches of this world, talks about money, with integrity, why should you be trusted with the eternal treasures of the spiritual world. And what he's saying is basically, if you can't even handle and be faithful to what God gives you every week, whether it's a student allowance or a great salary of $150,000, whatever it is, if you're not faithful by giving part of that to God and faithful in sowing into his kingdom and giving what, else, what, he, what, he, what is his, then how can we then, that's just the bottom line somewhere here, how can we then trust God for miracles, for healings, for salvations and all these things. Because we can't control it, can we? God does the kind of stuff. But he says, you do what you can control, and I, don't, I then do what you can't control. There's something happens with that. That's why it's very important. Listen to me. Some of you are young people. Learn to be wise with money. Learn to give. Learn to be faithful. Tell you something. In the kingdom in God, when you give money away, it's going to come back to you. It's not like it's gone. You feel like it's, hey, I had $100, now I have 50 It's like gone. Yeah, but what is it doing right now? Because when you sow it into the kingdom, things start operating. I was going to teach about it tonight, but I can't. But I'll do it next some other time. About the whole thing of sowing and reaping. Something starts happening when a seed goes into the ground. Miracles start happening. The things start germinating. And suddenly there comes all this stuff out. There's many, many seeds. 30, 60, 100 fold. That's what happens. It's amazing. And that's what happens in your life. And I want this in your life. I want this in our church. Because I want to be able to bless people. I want you to be able to not just receive money. I want you to be able to write the checks. Hey, you need $20,000? No problem. I'm just getting my checkbook. If people still have checkbooks. Write the check. Some of you guys, God wants to really do well in your life. God, some of you guys have got business ideas. You're young, just go for it. Some of you guys, which I never did, I wish I did, start buying houses now when you're young. Buy houses. When you're young. 
Because when you're 30, 40, 50 years old, you got like 10 houses. I heard a story yesterday at the church, somebody gave half a million dollars away. He sold one of his houses. But the, the reason why they could do that is because they've been faithful like 40 years ago to invest into houses, be wise with money, be smart, which I wasn't, be smart and go invest. And now they have all this stuff to be able to sow into the kingdom. How amazing. How amazing. Some of you are called to this. Come on, don't be afraid of investing and sowing into the things that God wants you to sow into. Amen? You know, I really believe, and we felt this for a while, that as we sow in the natural, we're going to reap in the spiritual. It is just a principle in the Word of God. And when we sow today into finance, we actually sow into the spiritual. What happens in the spiritual is, though, that God then does supernatural stuff. He then uses it and things start to multiply. One plus one is not two. One plus one is 5,000 in the kingdom of God. And I really want you to learn this. I'll teach you about it more, some other time. But the thing is, I just want to give you a bit of a taste of this stuff in the Bible that is right there. Our heart really in this place is to reach more people. And I've got this wonderful scripture for you. Look at this in Paul and 2 Corinthians. And then I finish with one scripture and we're done. In the sense of then we're going to give our money away. Amen? Everybody say amen, please. Oh, thank you, thank you. I hope you come prepared. We continue to preach, it says here, because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And look at this. This is our mission. This is what we do. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Isn't it amazing? So when we start preaching the grace of God through Jesus Christ, more and more people are being reached. God is going to receive the glory. Not only is it fun for us, to be involved and see God's kingdom grow and see people's lives change. If for Catherine and I and the leadership in this team, and more, we have like 70 leaders in this church, but particularly the leaders, but anybody in this church, it is such a joy to walk with people and see what Catherine has talked about, these miracles. You know, one person who actually leads Voice of the Martyrs, where, uh, where Ellen went with into the um, uh, Philippines, he had a cancer last year, completely gone. It was a cancer in his thing. He came to us to a prayer meeting and we prayed and we, we just kind of just destroyed it in Jesus' name. And we say, just be in, in what, do we, what do we say again? Just be <laughs> the cursed and, and, and just, just broke the power of it in Jesus' name. Shrivel up. That's what I say. Shrivel up in Jesus' name. They went to go to the, to the doctors. There are 10 special guys from all over the country and the world. They went to Chicago, this whole thing, you know. The best in the world because it's groundbreaking. Somewhere in the, in the, they're going to find this thing. And they found it, right? And the thing is, though, because they, anyway, long story short, they went to the, all this kind of groundbreaking, and they were so disappointed because they found the thing. It was dead. It was completely dead and looked like a walnut. No one shriveled up. It was dead. And it had been, samples had been tested in Chicago. It was completely alive. And all these special things, groundbreaking, all these surgeons, surgeons so happy, you know, it's is awesome. And then when it was dead, they were not very happy anymore because, not, you know, it's gone. Why can't he be happy? This is so amazing. God did an incredible miracle. Miracles happen all the time in this place in the Holy Spirit. Now I want to finish with one thing. And this comes from the Old Testament. And that's where I finish. And then we're going to do something else. 
do the offering, um, is that there was David um, in the Bible. David in the Old Testament was a great king, and he was, um, he was called by God, uh, one of his favorites. David, God has loved David. And you can see here, when he started to build the temple for God, he was so excited about building the house, building the temple, like us building this house and building the church and see things grow. And look at his heart. He had such a heart of worship, such a heart of devotion to God. Look at this. This is what he said. And now because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I am giving all of my private treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. This is in addition to the building materials I've already collected for the holy temple. I am donating more than 112 tons of gold, 262 tons of refined silver. People, that is an awful lot of money. That's like billions and billions and billions of money. Silver be used overlaying the walls of the building and for the gold and the silver work to be done by the craftsmen. Now then, who will follow my example? So he's challenging the whole Israel, challenging who is going to follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today. Then what happens? All these leaders come. Look at this. Look what they do. Then the family leaders and the leaders of the tribes of Israel and the generals and the captains of the army and the king's administrative officials all gave willingly. Everybody say willingly. They all gave willingly for the construction of the temple of God. And they gave 180 gold and coins and tons of silver and bronze and whatever, right? And they all contributed precious stones and everything else. Verse 9, the people rejoiced over the offerings for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And King David was filled with joy. You can fill my heart with joy tonight. Catherine and I will be very, very happy when we can just fill this with even a fraction of what David did, you know. We love it because we want to be wholeheartedly behind this mission. We love this house. We care for this house. So we also will support this house. Now, David was so happy. This is what he said. He then prays and prayers. Here you go. Then David praises the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. Oh, Lord. The God of our ancestor, Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. May this be our prayer too, by the way, as we go through this. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, the majesty. Don't you love David? Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. Isn't it amazing? God does this. He continues, oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I, he says, who are my people that we, should, that we could give anything to you? Why? Because everything we have comes from you, and we give you only what you first gave us. Good stewards. Verse 15. We are here for only a moment. Visitors and strangers in the land as our ancestors were before us. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow, gone so soon without a trace. Guys, some of you are young, but life goes very fast. I was your age once, a long time ago, but I still remember it very well. Life goes very fast. As a father of this house, can I please tell you, carpe diem, pluck the dag, seize the day. Now is your day to run this race. Now is the day to run. Don't wait for later. You don't have later. You can be older, but you don't have later. You have right now. Carpe diem. Seize the day, 
Pluk de dag. That's Dutch. Do it now. Don't wait. Serious, do it now. We're living right now. People have already passed before us. They're gone. Other people are coming on later on. That's fine. They can run the race now. Now it's our time. Now it's our time. Let's be stewards of our time. Amen? Okay, that's good. Without a trace. Oh, Lord our God. Even, can the band come, please? Or at least, yeah, piano. Oh, Lord our God, even this material we have gathered to build a temple to honor your holy name comes from you. See, everything comes from him. It all belongs to you. Can we say it all together? It all belongs to you. I know, my God, that you examine our hearts and rejoice when you find integrity there. You know I have done all this with good motives, and I have watched your people offer their gifts willingly and joyously. Now I want to say something to you. I don't care what you give tonight. I don't care if you give $50, $5, or $50,000. I do care. The last one's good. <laughs> the thing is, though, I know some of you haven't got much money. But I also want to say something that doesn't excuse you. Because God wants to teach you to grow up in this area. And sometimes you just start with small. Catherine and I gave an awful lot of money this morning. It's reaching and stretching us. But we've kind of learned through the years how to do this because I know it will come back like a boomerang and bite me in the bum, which is great. Good bite. <laughs> the thing is, though, I want you to not feel bad if you don't have that much money. I don't, it's not about the amount of money, okay? And I'll tell you something else. If you don't want to give, don't give. I don't want your money. God doesn't want your money if your attitude stinks. I really don't want it. Don't give if you don't want to give. Because it's not a holy then. It smells. I don't want it. But if you want to give it to the Lord because you love Jesus and because you love the house and you want to learn in the whole area of sowing and reaping, then I want to invite you to give. I want to invite you to give generously, sacrificially, beyond your means. And don't be wise about it, but it means step of faith. Say, Lord, I'm going to believe for this. Maybe I'll give through this year. I'm going to give $50 a month. I can, I can live with that. $5 a month, $100 a month, or $5,000 in one go, whatever. I want to take this moment, just eyes closed for a moment. Let's talk a, about, a lot about the Lord. Maybe you are sitting here and you actually don't know Christ. That's really where it starts. We are here because we love Jesus Christ. And if you don't love Jesus Christ, if you don't know him yet, then maybe tonight could be your night. That he comes into your life and makes your life beautiful. Maybe you're struggling with abuse issues. Maybe you've been abused. Maybe if things have happened to you, maybe you've been rejected by your parents or by whoever. And this life has not been easy for you. But Jesus is here. And God says he will never leave you nor forsake you. He is always there. Whether you were aware of it or not, he was always there. And he loves you. He loves you unconditionally. Whatever you've done, whoever you are, it doesn't matter to him. He's calling you home. Is there anybody in this place here and you said, I need to come home. I need to receive Jesus in my heart. I need the Holy Spirit to come into my heart and make me a new person on the inside. I need, to, I need his love. Every eye closed. If anybody, just lift, slip up your hand right now and just say, hey, I, tonight, because I want to pray with you, most important decision you will ever made, make in your life. I did it when I was 10 years old. And I've never looked back. Is there anybody in this place who needs Christ today? I say, yes, I need Jesus. Thank you so much, sir. Anybody else? Just put your hand up and I can pray with you. It's the most important thing you ever do in your life. 
He loves you so much, you know. Is there anybody else who said, yes, I need Jesus tonight? Three, two, one. Let's pray together with this beautiful gentleman. Let's do it together so he doesn't have to pray alone. Let's stand with him together in this very, very important moment in his life. Just can you please pray after me? Jesus, I put my trust in you. And I receive you into my life. Make me new from the inside. I receive your forgiveness. I, forgive, I, I, I receive this new life in my life. Today, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'll make you Lord of my life. And I will serve you forever. In Jesus' name. Amen.